0: Episode two, you guys, we made it. I've run into quite a few technical difficulties trying to record these conversations, but we've figured it out. It's been a little frustrating, a little bit nerve wracking, but we're here. We did it. Um, some backstory here. Today we're talking to, to Bev Hout, and she and I have known each other via Instagram for some time now. I Neither of us really remember how long, but at least four years. I actually called her the day before this conversation that you're about to hear, and tried to record that conversation, but the audio did not work. But I think that we got to uh, a little bit deeper place with this conversation, which I'm happy about. So, without further ado, you guys. I mean, yeah, I guess if you Beverly want, Beverly helped with, like your little intro. Okay, I'm Beverly. My
1: name is Beverly Helped. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints.
2: I am
1: mixed. <laughs> My dad is half white and my mom is Mexican. Um, I have been in the church since I was like four. So basically my whole life, um,
2: I'm an artist and the mother to three kids. Um, yeah, I live in Arizona. I live in Chandler, Arizona and I've lived here for about
1: six years. And we like it here, even though it's really hot. Um, I could I could probably see myself living here forever because I have family in California and in New Mexico. So we're like right in the middle. So it's like a six hour drive each way. So it's, it's a pretty good spot to be in for
0: us, I feel like. So yeah, <laughs> that's that. Cool. After having kind of looked over those questions and stuff, is there anything like more specific that you thought you wanted to talk about or even just what
2: we talked about yesterday? Um, I guess I was intrigued by the, I don't know. Cause we kind of just
1: got to know each other yesterday yeah. and just like <laughs> the background and, <laughs> and all that. Um, but the questions that you sent to me, the ones talking about, I guess my membership within the church or my
2: relationship with the church were the ones that like kind of stuck out most, I guess. Um, and to be honest, it's not something that I just like talk about with everybody, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I have
1: my people that I talk to about like, uh, I just, I feel like some days I'm just hanging on by a thread. And this
2: year has just been very revealing. And, you know, we, everybody had to take a step back
1: from church. Mm-hmm. So that meant kind of just being in our own heads for a while. And it was like basically up to us to, Continue doing those things without having sacrament meeting and
2: uh, our meetings every week, right? Right. And so that, right? Without that, it just, you know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to how to go about saying it. It's just it.
0: Maybe you can finish my sentence. I don't know. It's been, it's been tricky for sure. Like, I know from my experience that uh, at first it was, like, super weird. Like, we were like, yeah, we'll do this. We'll do, I mean, we were just mostly doing, like, taking the sacrament and kind of calling it good. And it wasn't until, like, I ran into, like, other moms on the, on the playground that they'd be like, oh, yeah, we do, like, a little, like, singing time. And we do, like, a lesson. And we do, like, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, we're not doing that. Should we be doing that? And then you it kind of. A cool stuff. like I'm like, oh, good job. But um, I, I, it honestly like got to the point where we just weren't doing anything anymore for a like, and it wasn't really for any like specific reason. It just was like, I don't know, between Cameron and I, like neither of us really felt like it wasn't like we were purposely avoiding it. We just never got around to it. And after a while, I started to feel weird about that. Like I was like, I don't know, like sometimes I would say things to him like, well, we probably should be doing this. But even saying that, like I was like, if I'm saying like, oh, yeah, we probably should do sacrament. Like I'm like, is that because I want to or because I feel like I'm supposed to? You yeah. Know? And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I don't have any beef with sacrament. It just was like a lot of. different feelings. And like you said, like, there's a lot of things that for me have come to light, you know, in the past 12 months. And it's just like, I don't know, a lot of these things that in, in my heart have always felt like, like, I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. But like, it makes me feel super weird to try and figure it out. And also, like, nobody really has a good answer for me. So I'm just going to kind of like, let it go for now. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it. this, I don't know, past, because our, our ward has been, um, going to sacrament in person since about September of last year. Um, mm-hmm. but we just have, have not attended like at all. Like I'm, uh, and it was mostly just because we were like, yeah, I don't. I'm not really there yet. Like in more than one way. Yeah, Yeah, like in more than one way. Like I'm not really there yet. Like I'm not really ready to have like my little like spiritual bubble popped by everyone else. And also I'm not really there yet feeling comfortable being around that many people in a pandemic, you know? And so so yeah, like I fully get that. It's been a weird ride for me. And um, I don't know, I like from from the things that we've talked about you know a little bit over the past year I could and from the things that you've posted like on your own stories and stuff I could tell that there was like something maybe like we're going through like a similar thing right now but like with everybody's experience being so different like for me it's like just so important to be able to explore that together because I know that we're going to be able to um kind of extrapolate on different parts of parts of the experience, you know, like parts of like what makes me feel weird. Like the biggest issues oh, I mean there's a lot. But like <laughs> the biggest issues that I'm having right now as far as like church and church policies is like the treatment of the LGBTQ LGBTQ. I always say that wrong. LGBTQ+ community and also people's defending the priesthood ban for black people like Mm -hmm. that's something that's come up a lot but it's like well like i in my mind like i'm like there's in there's no way that that was like uh from god god said you don't get to do this right now but it's fine because i'm just trying to teach you a lesson like i don't i don't like that version of god where like he does things to us to Oh, my gosh! Yes, yeah, yes. I, I feel like I was
1: just explaining this to my husband because we're not on the same page, <laughs> which I feel like is good for me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um because I get to hear his perspective and um, I love him for his faith and everything. But it, you know, we kind of butt heads here and there, and it hasn't been easy. But, um, I was just explaining to him that, like, I feel like now that I'm like in this spot and I'm comfortable where I am. I'm comfortable not claiming that I know everything and claiming Mm -hmm. like that, you know, this is the one and only true church and everybody else like doesn't know what they're taught. Like, not Mm -hmm. that everybody thinks that way, but I feel like we're kind of. Some people really
0: do though. Yes. Well, And that's something that I've bumped into a lot is that it's like, So I like pretty early on like came to my family because I was like I just really see like don't see a point in like keeping this from my family because in order to get through it I'm gonna have to be able to talk to them about stuff. So I was like hey just so it's not doesn't like come as a shock when you know all of this COVID stuff dies down and church is like fully open again like we may or may not be there. I haven't made any decisions yet but this is kind of where we are right now it's been interesting to have uh to have that initial conversation with like almost all of my family about this because they all kind of like jumped on me and were like we need to teach you we need to reconvert you you know yeah, and I'm like it's, so it's, it's not fine. even like, like I'm like it's not even that like I've lost my faith I still believe in God like Jesus is my homie yeah. and to me it's just kind of like everything in between is so like sticky for so many reasons. And it's not that I just want to throw it all away. There's just a lot that I'm trying to work through and trying to figure out at this point, like what about it still makes sense to me? And what about it doesn't? And like, what are the reasons for either feeling good about it or not feeling good about it? Yes. Yes. It's hard because then when talking to people, they're like, no, you can't say anything about no. Because, like, we are the ones with the most correct information. We are the, I'm like, the most correct. That doesn't mean, like, we have it 100%. I feel like I've been taught a lot in church that, yeah, maybe we have, like, the most information. But that doesn't mean that, like, other belief systems are just, like, talking out of their butts. <laughs> like, every belief system has some truth to it. And I've been, like, really... Yeah. Um, you know, like on a pretty surface level, like looking into different things, like, like astrology and like tarot cards and all of these things, is I feel like every even like different um, religions, I feel like every piece of it has something that like, is true and is real and does good and brings positive good things into people's lives. And I just, I've always kind of felt like, even though I've known that in the back of my head, I feel like I've always kind of had it drilled into my brain. Well, we don't participate in those things because maybe like weird Satanism stuff. And I'm like, why does everything that's not part of the church have to automatically be like Satanism? Like, I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh.
1: So, yeah, I feel like since I've like, you know, we've kind of been almost forced to step back just because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. like it's given us an opportunity to be like okay what is your life going to look
2: like if you didn't go back to church or if you know like what does that look like um but anyway I feel like all of these
1: experiences that I've been having and just pondering and reading about other people's experiences with either like leaving the church or having the same thoughts and feelings come up
2: as me. It's just really changed my idea of who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I don't think, I don't know. I felt like God was always judging me
1: and like maybe you know like god is supposed to be the judge or at least maybe
0: that's just what we're taught like what if he
1: like no i just you know sometimes i'm just like who
2: knows
0: right you kind of get into this circle of like wait but wait but wait but you know Mm -hmm,
2: (laughs) mm -hmm. so (laughs) i was just
1: like god knows every single move i'm making and he's like either like shaking his head and Disappointment, or like super upset with me if I do these certain things, like all the time, you know. Um, and now I'm just like,
2: God is fine with me. <laughs> I just feel like way more chill about everything. But it's when I, I don't know. It's when I remember like oh, I can't, or I just don't feel. I can't just talk with anybody.
1: About this, and not have them be like, oh my gosh, like we need to get you back to reading your scriptures. Uh And I don't know, like, I don't want to be a project, right? (laughs) That's my biggest fear. And I do not, I, you know, I've been like flipping and flopping and just praying and all of these things,
2: and I don't see myself ever completely leaving the church behind and
1: being somebody that just wants to see the church fail. I don't want that, you know? Um, And I can see so many good things that come out of the church, right? Like it's helped like a lot of people.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, It saves people's lives, you know? Um, And I can't discredit that at all. And I've received so many blessings from the church myself so i i I feel like I'm just in this spot where it's like I feel like I'll be a lifelong member, but I want to be able to choose how I participate and like maybe you know set more boundaries about yeah. <laughs> things and stuff, so that's where I'm at with all of that. Mm-hmm. and now everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like you know whoever ever followed me on Instagram and has like looked through my stories they kind of already know Mm -hmm. like how I feel about a lot of things and
2: um I'm just saying it out loud I'm Kind, i do not know I don't know if I'm being blunt or if I'm
1: I'm just figuring it out and I think that's okay and I love God and Jesus and our heavenly mother and lately I'm just like kind of peeved that we don't know much about heavenly mother and it's like well is she even there like if you're telling us we have a heavenly mother but she's just like kind of off in the background like what is she doing right (laughs) and if we're in the if we're supposed to be like emulating heavenly mother like does that mean that you want us to also be hidden um, so i I'm still trying to like process all of that, and uh it's because for a while, I was just like, uh like I don't know about I don't know, like i like you were saying, there were things that you kind of always had in the back of your head, but they weren't at the forefront of your mind. Mm-hmm you were kind of just like, it is what it is. And just, let's go to church, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> which, yeah. Like this past year has just made everything,
2: everything just revealed itself. I feel like, and, um, it's been hard, but also, I don't know,
1: like, I, I like myself, more now that i feel like i am not so easily offended mm-hmm. by things and the, the things that i was offended by was when other people leaving the church and how that would like feel hurt
0: yeah when you said that it made me think of do you follow uh dr julie hanks on instagram yeah i think it might have even been mm-hmm. something that you posted in your story that i saw that she talks about how like in the church we've kind of uh been encouraged to, how does she put it, uh, set aside like our own identity to adopt like the church as our identity. And that's why it's yeah. it's so hard for us when people do decide yes. like not to do those or when they when they point out imperfections in in the way the church functions and some of the policies and doctrines, you know, it's like it feels like ow, like you're hurting me because I've grown up thinking like I am the church. Like I was even just thinking <laughs> um a long time ago, back in the days when I was like blogging, I made this like introductory vlog that was on my like about me page. Um where one of the first things I said was that like, yeah, like I'm a member of the church and like, um, it's a big part of my life. Well, it's actually like my whole life. Like my whole life is the church where I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to be like super, um, active in any religion. It just, it like thinking about that now, like I was like, yeah, it literally like has been up until this point, like every decision I make is based off of like, church says this though you know and that i didn't for a long time like i think over probably like the past 10 years i've kind of been building up my little like feminist anti-racist self but it's really all come to a culmination in like you know the events of 2020 and i've had to um even apologize to a lot of people that like were trying to like point different things out to me and that I was like no you're wrong that's bad like you're telling me I'm a bad person and I'm not a bad person um the only I can compare it to is when you kind of tell people about like oh well maybe like this thing that you're saying is kind of like like anti-black or it is racist or it is like anti-like woman and they're just like well what are you talking about like I'm not that like because that means like I'm a bad person and I'm not a bad person especially right now I feel like anyone calling for accountability in one part or another of what the church is up to right now there are at least like 10 people like in every like whether like you post something on facebook or on instagram or wherever you may be like talking about it there's always like at least 10 people gonna pipe in being like well you can't say like all members of the church though or you can't say like all missionaries Mm -hmm. it's like not all men not all white people you know it's it's the same kind of mentality and i think that's like what i've really been struggling with um where there's so much work that needs to be done um in a feminist way and an anti-racist way uh within the church and the way it functions like how can we expect anything in the way that the church functions that the people aren't even willing to like look at themselves and see like what they're doing you know yeah and like for me like it's been, it's been a struggle because Cameron right now, he's just like, I don't know, is anything real? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell you that. He's just like, why? He's like, I don't understand. Like we have these friends who are gay and are members of the church and they live together, but they're celibate. And they're both very open about that um, because they're trying to live the way that the church will accept them, you know? Um, And he's like, I just don't understand why they would do that, like why anyone tries to fit into something, like tries so hard to fit into something that doesn't want them. And I'm like, I don't know. And I feel like sometimes that's what it feels like to feel like something needs to change. Like I want things to be better. I don't it's just it just becomes like a very tricky thing because uh I have been in that like I go back and forth. I kind of like oscillate between being like, well I can just do my own thing and still be part of the church and like kind of like you're saying, build my boundaries better, feeling a little more empowered to like subscribe to the church in the ways that I want to. Subscribe to the belief and like the faith mm-hmm. in the way that like makes sense and feels right to me. But then I also have this like nagging feeling in the back of my like in the back of my head, in the pit of my stomach, wherever it is, that um that I should be doing more, that I should be doing something to because I was having having a conversation about this with some friends and her mom kind of popped into the conversation and she was like well your feeling this way is going to be like is exactly like why you need to be at church because maybe somebody else there is feeling the same way and they're going to be able to uh like relate with you on that and feel like they do have support because you feel like you don't have support. So you should be able to be that support for somebody else. And I just have like a hardest time figuring out how to balance that, like balance, like Mm -hmm. what's doing what's best for me and also trying to help people around me who, who I feel like I can help,
1: you know? Yeah, for sure. I feel yeah I'm kind of in that camp too, where it's like, well, if I were to leave the church, and like I just I want growth and progress to happen within the church, especially the culture right <laughs> um <laughs> and if I'm just like, See, ya, like that's just one more person that can't help to possibly change the culture, right, you know, even though I'm just one person, I feel like. In my own little ward, I could be, you know, a shoulder to like lean on, right? Possibly. Um, and it was so. We've been meeting, like, for a church for sacrament meeting. Yeah, probably around the same time as you. We've we mostly just watched like the broadcast, right? Because we're we're like not morning people. <laughs> Even though our award starts at like 10.30, it's like, oh my gosh, we have to get all these kids ready. Like, now, let's just watch it on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> but we did go la- the Sunday before conference. Um, and I, well, actually we went a couple weeks before that and it was and testimony meeting. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, what are we going to hear? <laughs> um, and somebody came up
2: and I was very grateful that she went up to give her testimony. She um, is
1: from Hawaii. Like she grew up in Hawaii. She's Hawaiian or Polynesian. I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm just not sure like (laughs) (laughs) what the correct term is. Um, She's from Hawaii and she was saying how she hasn't noticed that, you know, everybody says that the church is the same everywhere, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> the church is like, she was basically saying like the church is like way more lax in Hawaii. Like, every, I feel like people are more relaxed there. And she was just saying how, how it's not the case here in um, Arizona. It's like Mesa, Tempe, Chandler. This is like another... Utah I guess or Gilbert there's a temple in Gilbert and so there's like a lot of members here okay um and so she was kind of comparing those and she was saying that she was like kind of questioning her own membership but she's trying to go back because her son she wants her son to get baptized and um she at at one point she basically like invited everybody to like be more kind and loving and like accepting of, I think that she even mentioned the LGBTQ community. I can say like exactly what she said, but I was like, cool. Be my friend. Mm -hmm. You know, like she, I don't know. She just, she, she mentioned something about like choosing how you want to participate or maybe that's just like an impression that I got when I was listening to her speak. And I just felt like this overwhelming, like, man, like, I got to get up there too. You know, like I wasn't expecting, I haven't gone up to like bear my testimony or anything in quite a while. Cause I just, I just don't, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to do it. if I'm, I don't feel like it. But, <laughs> um, and so like, I was like, kind of like, "Gosh, should I go up there? And I was just feeling nervous. And I feel like if I don't, I'm just going to be like sitting here nervous the whole time, mm-hmm. you know? Because um, I just wanted to go and kind of reiterate like, hey, like I totally get those feelings and all of that. Just my favorite thing in church meetings is when people are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear people being like, this is what we did. Like, I'm so righteous, right? Right. (laughs) I was at the temple for the fifth time this week. All right, (laughs) we get it. Um, And that's what I feel like church is supposed to be, is all these broken people just like taking care of each other. Mm -hmm. But I went up and I mentioned like, I thought that was so brave of you to say this experience and um just how I have had you know a difficult year and my membership within the church, like I question it sometimes and all of that, and just I just said that I feel like nobody knows one hundred percent what is true. What's going to happen after this life? But that's like where faith comes in and I have faith and I love God and amen. You know, Mm -hmm. I saw that. And I was like, kind of like shaking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's going to happen to me?
1: (laughs) But I, I received like two text messages from people after I bore my testimony. Um, And they were just like, I just appreciate you for you know sharing this and that, and like I was like, that's cool, but also it's like, don't treat me like a project. (laughs) (laughs) Like I couldn't help but to feel that, and I'm sure like it's probably not their intention, but I it's just like my fear, like Hmm. my not so irrational fear, you know? Right. (laughs) Um, But anyway, it was a couple weeks later. And I got a text message from somebody's like, hey, the bishop wants to meet with you. And I'm like, oh no, like, what does he want? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, at first, I just wanted to be like, no, I can't meet with the bishop. Like, I'll <laughs> never meet with the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, well, it could be like, it's either they could, add, they could call me to something, which is like, okay, like, I have the, the power to choose what I want. Who or not want to do yeah. or talk which I'm like cool like I yeah like I'll give a talk I don't mind giving talks but the third option was like well how are you doing like how is all of this I'm like I don't want to tell how I'm doing like he doesn't understand <laughs> so like my worst fear was like that third option um <laughs> But it was none of those things. Um, well, no, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't the last okay. one. Um, he actually did ask if I wanted to, oh, shoot, maybe I shouldn't say this because you're not supposed to like say you're calling, right? <laughs> it was a calling. <laughs> it was a calling and I'll just, oh, yeah. <laughs> It was a new calling that won't happen. It probably won't happen until we start doing second hour again. Um, but it was a calling that, I can totally see myself doing, and that I've like wanted to. And if, yeah, I don't know, by the time that like this gets out, then I can like openly share, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, is that like a rule? I feel like
0: that's like an unspoken rule. Yeah, I don't feel like I've ever like been explicitly told that, but it is always kind of like a don't tell anybody but your family kind of thing. But I don't know why.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: like,
1: don't tell anyone. <laughs> but it is a calling that I'm just like, wow, like yeah, I could totally see myself doing that. And um, I don't know. It was nice because the bishop was just like, are your name kept popping up for this and I'm like, God is real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bishop, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: That's good. So that was I don't know, that was like a a pretty good I don't know, a couple of experiences that I've had since going back to church. And I think that just the first time going back or even, you know, having to like sit in the lesson might be kind of scary because you just like don't know what somebody's going to say
0: or how it's going to make you feel. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I'm glad to like hear that you had to get experience because that has been like my number one fear concerning church is like I don't want to go and have to hear people say like the dumbest crap I've ever heard like that they (laughs) shouldn't they shouldn't be saying in church you know like I'm just like the because like we didn't have um uh like we weren't they weren't even like broadcasting stuff until like September last year but every month like our neighborhood was doing like uh, and I think at one point in the summertime, the Relief Society did like a little like outdoor, like we're going to be all in like camp chairs in the in the church parking lot, like six feet away from each other, all wearing masks and all this stuff. And um, I went to a good chunk of those. And every time I left just being like, no one understands what I'm feeling. But more than that, it feels like they don't care. And that's like a really crappy feeling like I don't know much like I talked about in the first episode that like for the longest time I just haven't really even like registered in my brain that like 80 if not more percent of the time I'm the only brown person in the room you know and a lot of that I think for me has been I don't know has just kind of like amped up that anxiety that I have around people right now. It's cuz it's like I I like to be a person who like talks about things that are important to me. Like I don't I don't love small talk. Like I like to kind of just jump in with people and talk about the things, but I I've, I've felt like so much more um just unable to do that. Like more apprehensive about doing that because I'm like what if I because so many times already I've had the experience where like I put myself out there I put my vulnerability on the line and then somebody comes along and is like no you're wrong and I'm just like kkk cool (laughs) like But then there's like that stereotype of like, you know, there's like the angry black woman stereotype. I'm not a black woman, but I feel like I often get put in that box of like, well, you're just like the sensitive brown girl, like overly sensitive. Like you just need to stop reading into what people are saying. And And with these women, it wasn't necessarily that they were like doing that outright. But like, I think it was like the week of George Floyd's murder that I was just feeling like super, super sensitive and like. Everyone I know is an idiot. But I just was like, I can't right now. And like they had planned one of these neighborhood women get togethers and it was gonna be in the parking lot, same thing. And and I told Cameron before I left, like I was like, I really am like nervous to go. Like I don't really want to go. But I also feel like it doesn't do me any good to like not try and not see. Like I don't know if I'll find somebody there who's gonna make me feel validated like maybe I will yeah and (laughs) I got there and there was like maybe six of us all together and for various reasons like a the fact that like nobody brought it up and I didn't want to be the one to like hey did you hear about this thing (laughs) because like you know everybody knows about it just nobody's talking about it and I feel like I am always the person to be like, Hey, let's talk about this thing. And then everyone's like, Oh, you're like the downer, you're the whatever. (laughs) And so I kind of like waited to kind of see if anybody would say anything and they didn't. And I was just like feeling really emotional to begin with. And I was like crying and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, no. (laughs) And they were like, do you want to talk about it? And I was like, no, like I don't (laughs) because I mean, I know they could have come up with whatever reason that I was crying, but like, I just was like, I do not feel safe in this space to talk about that. And I didn't say that much. Like, I just was like, no, I don't want to talk about it. But, you know, as the night went on, I think we were probably out there for like two hours and um, there were just like different things that were said that was like not anything like malicious, but I was just like it was so clear to me the sheer ignorance of like race issues and social issues that I just was like, I can't be here anymore. (laughs) And right around then they were like, Oh, let's call it a night. And like, as I was walking away, there was another girl who was like, Hey, like, I know that you said like, you don't want to talk about it, but like, are you okay? And I was like, no. And I kind of like, I was a little more comfortable with her. And because it was one-on-one, I didn't feel like the immense pressure. Yeah, And, um I was like kind of explaining to her like different things that were said in the conversation that I would like made me feel super uncomfortable. And um it was like use like inappropriate use of the word like ghetto and also um someone talking about like, oh yeah, like I really want to hang a like a Confederate flag, but no one would understand the reasons why. I'm like, there's no good reason to hang a Confederate flag. <laughs> <laughs> but and as i was like explaining this to her she was like oh yeah oh my gosh like i had no idea like i'd never heard that before i did not know that that was a thing and where i was like okay she didn't know but also like is that better or worse that she was like so fully unaware right. and i'm like i guess i yeah. i can't necessarily blame people for their previous ignorance but like at this point you could be doing things to remedy that, you know. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of been like my biggest thing is like I don't want to go to church and hear people say just like ignorant things and maybe even sometimes like purposefully like malignant things that I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm I don't feel like I'm in a in a place like emotionally or like mentally to like handle that right now. But but I don't know at the same time, like maybe I'd be surprised with what I'd find, even if there was just like one other person, like you said, um bearing their testimony or whatever that I just like i've basically for like the better part of a year now, I just have been like, I'm gonna keep mostly everyone at arm's length at this point because I've had a real problem with boundaries in the past <laughs> to a point where like. It it just has gotten really messy, and people have said like I don't know like people who i have tried to give like the benefit of the doubt have just been like No, you're the bad person for telling me that I did something wrong. <laughs> like, okay, well, I don't know. It, it's really hard. Yeah, it just has yeah. it just felt like a waste of energy <laughs> to try to talk to people mm. who
2: yeah aren't yeah for sure. yeah
1: like you have to it sucks. You just have to be like super like tiptoe around things and use certain kinds of language. I feel like to be like, Hey, this is happening. This wake up, you know? (laughs) And I don't really have any experience with that. Well, I kind of do, but, um, I don't know if I want to share. (laughs) i'm too scared to share <laughs> um it just stinks when some when you're like man like what you said like really messed me up and i'm just not happy about it and they're like it took me you know courage to say what i said and it was like what
2: <laughs> like
1: it's an unpopular opinion and it's like yeah maybe
0: for a reason, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just, I, I had never felt before this year that like my experience was so specific. That like being brown, being raised in Utah and being raised in the church, um, and having the mindset that like, yes, racism is real because there are plenty of brown people who are like, I can't be racist because I'm brown. I'm like, oh. mm. Not true. <laughs> <'Cause-> <laughs> But just, like, that it's been, like, important for me to be able to, I don't know, find, like, what that means, because I know it means something, like, I know it doesn't mean nothing, like, it's not, it has affected my experience, and I'm still kind of figuring out the ways that, like, it has, I don't know, obvious that people felt one way or another about my not being white, whether, like, and it wasn't always, like, inherently, like, a bad thing, you know? Like uh-huh. when I would tell people my dad was bishop and they were like, oh, you go to a Spanish speaking ward? I'm like, no, my dad is a brown bishop over white people. Can you, can your brain handle that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it kind of seems like maybe not.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I remember, so I moved to Las Cruces, New Mexico when I was 16. And I remember, um, it was a while after that, like we've already been in the ward for maybe like a year or more. and I remember one of my friends mentioned to me when I first saw you, like at church that you were like investigators of the church and you were like looking to join the church. And it's like, no, like I've been in the church, like my whole life, (laughs) you know, it's like people kind of assume that like, Oh, like a person of color couldn't be a member their whole life. You know, like it's, I guess it's kind of, it's rare. I think it's safe to say that it's rare in the United States (laughs) for a person of color to be a member of the church for their whole life. I don't know like what the statistics are of how many members of color there are in the U S has there been anything that
0: we can look up? (laughs) I don't know. That would be interesting to know though. And it's like, but that's the thing is that like, um, maybe it is. And I just, I have never really thought that it was like, Rare for someone to have been like what do they call like born in the covenant because um like family friends and people that my parents have met here that are from Mexico or that they knew from Mexico before they moved here, all of their kids and like all my family like we were all born into the church, but because like my parents and their parents were converts to the church and but I get the same thing like i've I've had a f- Friends ask me on more than one occasion like if I miss being Catholic. And I'm like, No. <laughs> I was never Catholic. I've never been Catholic. <laughs> I was I was born into the church, you know, which I'm just like, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't I hardly know anything about Catholicism other than like um the strictly like Mexican parts of it. You know, that's that that's um implicit bias that people have right. and don't even realize that that's what they're doing yeah but then you know it's like it's like you said you like you point those things out like clearly you have some preconceived notions about what what a member of the church looks like or is like
1: it's it's hard like having these new thought processes and knowing that hey there are people like like I always knew there were good people in the world that were not members, but like, it's just more apparent to me now, 31 year old woman, like that's just feels embarrassing to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I always felt like this fear that I couldn't get close to anybody that is not a member of the church because they'll have all these questions to ask. And they'll be like, well, why don't you want gay people to get married? And, what's up with that and just like I don't know like I'm just trying to be a good member right like yeah um I yeah so I I felt like I I couldn't I didn't seek out relation like friendships with very many people outside of church plus like when he moved here um I didn't know And, like, the only people that I could meet was through church, right? Right. (laughs) Because I didn't have anything else going on. Um, And I also met people through blogging because there was a big blogging community out here, much like there was in Utah, you know, six, five years ago when everybody was doing blogging. What a time. (laughs) (laughs) What a time to be alive. (laughs) So, but even through blogging, everybody that I met was a member of the church because it was just, like, a big... Mormon woman stereotype, hobby, what have you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just haven't had very many opportunities to like become friends with anyone that's not a member of church. And yeah, like part of me is just like, I'm scared of what they're going to think of me. And I won't be able to have those kinds of conversations, you know, because to me, like, I have always been accepting of all people and what's the right word, empathetic for the LGBTQ community and all that. But I feel like it's more like that part of me is more developed. I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Like I'm giving myself permission to not agree with everything
2: that the church says about marriage and all of that. And it feels freeing, but it also feels like
1: I'm going to get kicked out of the church or something. You know what I mean?
0: No, like I fully, uh, I feel that, and that's one thing that like talking to my family about those things, like bringing up, because um, that's something like we haven't ever really talked about, like as a family, are like the LGBTQ plus issues, you know, in juxtaposition with like church and the policies and stuff like that, up until like this summer, like when I brought it up, like I was like, this is here's a thing, like I'm gonna say something that is probably gonna feel like alarming to you, but I feel like I need to say it. And I just was like, I feel like the church's treatment of the LGBTQ plus community is this generation's priesthood ban. Mm. A lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And my dad and my brother all of a sudden were like, well, how do you explain like all the stuff in the temple then? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not trying to like say that I know. Well actually it's supposed to be like this, but But I'm just like, I just know that like from the time that I was very, very young, those policies have always felt not good to me. I'm the kind of person that I've always felt more comfortable with women as friends. And the very few um, male friends that I did have like as a child and like through junior high and high school were gay. And I had a really hard time kind of like balancing this really feels yucky and wrong and like I love these people but I don't understand how to make sense of that when the church is saying this yeah
2: it's like you feel like you can't be both now you you know
1: but I'm trying I'm just trying to do what is like best for me and for my little family unit you know
0: Well, and that's the thing, too, is like, I don't think that we're going to look back on our lives when we get to whatever's next and be like, you know, I probably should have leaned less into, like, compassion for other people. (laughs) You know, like, I'm just like, I I feel fine, like, feeling that way and thinking that way and even saying that where people can hear. Yeah, but I like, I've had this uh, similar feelings where I'm like, if I... I don't want to not be open about how I feel those things, but then I also am like, but by being open, am I cutting myself off to like, are people going to want to cut me off from having a teaching calling like in church right. or, you know, like yeah, spending yeah. time with the I'm youth? Like, are they going to think that I'm like corrupting them? And
1: if you, if you got called to like teach the youth or young women's, would you accept the call? Um, What would you do about that?
0: Um, What do you think you would do? I 100% would, because I think yes. that, like, teaching the youth things early is where it's at. Yes. And, like, whether <laughs> I, like, had, like, explicit permission or not, I would definitely, you know, but then maybe that's the reason why they wouldn't put me in that calling, is that I'm, like, I'm not necessarily going to ask permission to, like, to share the things that I think should be part of the gospel, should be... And to not teach the things that I think shouldn't be part of what we include in the gospel, you know, like, I think that that's something that's like, been so uh, just like a thought that is recurring to me that I'm like, if we all were just more vulnerable with each other about the things that we like, weren't sure about, or um, really sharing the things that we are sure about, but that maybe go against culture or policy. um I think that we'd find a lot more compatibility and like empathy and support in each other. Like, I think if we stopped acting like everyone who's currently a member of the church, hundred percent has everything down to a T. Like I think like the way that people are so nice to people who are like investigating the church, you know, or like converting, like if we, because in, in essence, like we all are still con- like converting to the church. Like, it's never, like, oh, I was baptized, and so now I'm, like, 100%, like, um, I'm yeah, like, yeah, like I'm just, like, if yeah. we all treated each other more like we were converts, because we are, like, still converting to the church, still investigating the church, that, like, I think that we'd find so much more compassion for each other. And I don't know, I think that's the biggest part of the culture to me, especially here in Utah, that it's, like, Well, there are these very, like, visual markers for whether or not you're being, like, a good Mormon, but someone Mm. could be doing Mm -hmm. that and, you know, also be doing lots of other bad things that they shouldn't be doing, but because they appear to be doing the things that you're supposed to do, air quotes, I don't know, it's all just, like, messy and... I don't know. I do kind of have that fear of like, am I ousting myself by being straightforward about how I feel about things? But I also can't feel bad about being blunt about the things that I think should change or need to change or that I won't subscribe to. Because I think not talking about those things for a long time has only contributed to the problem. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it gets tricky when you
1: want to, like, still be a part of the church. But then it's like, are they going to, like, what I have to say? Am I going to have to censor myself?
2: Yeah. And I think that, for me, I don't mind, like, finding a balance. You know, because you've got to read your audience. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know it's tricky and hopefully you'll find you'll find some people that feel the same way church life and not just at church but like your whole life (laughs) within the church is
1: not always a walk in the park and there's like seasons it's like seasons for things right Mm -hmm. where Things are gonna seem really easy breezy and like laid back and like chill, I got this. And then other times where it's like, Why am I I need a break and and I feel like it is
2: I feel more comfortable with taking breaks when and if I need to. And yeah, that's that's just where where I'm at with all of it.
0: I feel like that's super important, too, to be able to know, like, where your boundaries are. I feel like that's something that I've always struggled with. Like, I feel like I've always put a lot of um, value into being someone who didn't ha- didn't have any boundaries, you know, that people could say and do whatever they wanted. And I wasn't going to get upset because I thought yeah. that made me a better person was to just like let people say whatever they wanted to me and not hold them responsible for like, had bad ideas or having done or said bad things you know because I had that kind of like that um toxic positivity slash spiritual bypassing thing where I was like well I'm in control of my feelings and like I can't control other Mm -hmm. people like which is true but it's also like no one's ever gonna learn we can't learn from each other if we hold that accountability from each other
1: yeah I was talking with my friend recently and she said something like, you have to teach people how you want to be treated. Like it's not up to them to figure out how you should be treated and how you'll feel, you know, welcomed and accepted or heard. I don't know.
2: That kind of just stuck out to me. And it's, it's hard to speak up when you're going against the grain, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) but yeah I don't know it's just like a tricky time to be a person in the world especially like a brown person in the world especially like Mm -hmm. in church situations I don't know I feel like I've I've never been a person who's like well I guess that's a lie I would like to say that I've never been a person who has done everything I can to excuse like weird things like weird policies that the church has had or weird things that have happened in church. Um, Mm -hmm. but I know I have been. And that's another thing too, is that like, I think sometimes I sit and think about like very vivid memories of like saying not great things to people, but not, not with like a malice in my heart or anything like that, but just like really out of ignorance saying things. And right. Yeah like the, the ones I can remember very specifically, like I'm like, have gone back and like apologize to those people. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry that I said this thing when I was drunk on mormonism. So, you know, like <laughs> I was drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I've, I've learned better now. And I'm sorry that I said that. And I'm also sorry if it has impacted you negatively and, um, I'm doing better now, but I don't know. It's like, it's like, also just sucks to see i don't know people that are close to me like do similar things where it's like well if you just prayed more or if you just like read your scriptures more if you just had like a better like scriptural knowledge like you wouldn't have these questions and i'm like i don't think that's true yeah. no that's not that's not how you do it <laughs> especially because <laughs> like, i mean we you know we it's always said like the book of mormon is like the most true book on the earth but it's like just because it's the most true doesn't mean like it answers every question like and i think that's something that i've really like honed in on with church stuff is that like i know that they're always like oh yeah like we encourage you to like question things and pray about things they also just don't leave a lot of room for like ambiguity I just feel mm, like within the mm-hmm. culture of the church, it's like, well, you either have to know the church is true or just like you're doing it wrong. You know, you either have to know, yeah. like with a sure, like, but like, how can you know those things? Especially with like, when they talk about like the definition of faith and the definition of knowledge, right? like why are we always encourage yes. everyone to know everything when they literally cannot know those things? They can feel it and believe it. That's different mm-hmm. than like knowing it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And we can all have freedom to like have faith in whatever I feel like whatever makes sense to our minds and our souls and our
2: hearts, you know? Like mm-hmm. everybody has a different understanding of who God is or who our heavenly parents are. Does that mean that like like which which is Which is it? Like, (laughs) which version of God is the correct one? Right. I feel like
1: God's always judging me, and I was like, man, like God's so disappointed in me for like having this and this and this thought. And now I'm just like, no way, God was like totally chill with me, and He just loves me, and maybe He just was, you know. (laughs) Yeah, hitting me on the head, and like, fine, Beverly, like you're good,
2: you know. (laughs) Like, I just feel like that's that's a version of a God that I feel to be true.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that there's like truth to that too. Like, I don't know if the, if the, I don't know. What's that saying that people are like, truth is subjective because Mm -hmm. everyone's version of the truth is going to be colored by, you know, their perspective and experience. Like, because we're all different, we're all going to need different things from it. What's wrong yeah, with mm-hmm. picking the things that work for us and leaving the things that don't?
1: It's like they would, it's like people would rather you just leave the church completely than choose how you want to participate. And that's pretty mm-hmm. really nice.
2: because <laughs> <You laughs> like,
1: they don't want to, they don't want to hear it, I guess. They don't want to be challenged or they just feel like man you just don't have enough faith so you just maybe you should just get out of here you know that's kind of how it has felt and i feel like maybe you know in the past i might have felt that way too like well why are they still sticking around and you know like when women wanted the priesthood and there was all these protests and stuff and it's like well they can just leave but like
2: that's not very kind just wanting people to leave
0: right yeah. Well, I think that it kind of goes back to like what Cameron was saying to me before that he was like, "Why do people want to fight so hard to like fit in or or to change something that clearly at this point like isn't built for them?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I think that that's like kind of the thing that I have thought too that I'm like, do I not want to let go of this because? Because I do feel something, and I do feel like that there's truth there, or do I not want to let go of it because it freaks me out to think about, you know, throwing it all out the window? Right. But then I also have to like. I think like. Well, I think if it makes me feel uncomfortable to throw it all out the window, it's probably because that's not what I should be doing.
2: Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast the other day. I can't. I've been listening to some. It. I don't remember which one. I think it was a. Uh, faith matters where they were talking to like four women i think that have written books about church stuff i don't know (laughs) i've never heard (laughs) of any of them before but it was a really cool podcast where they were talking about like feminism within the church and how like things (laughs) that i didn't know um that they talked about that like a lot of the church programs started as like community programs that then the church adopted into its like Mm. you know umbrella of things (laughs) like Relief Society and Primary they all started out as just like things citizens were doing that the church was like oh or like the leaders of the church were like yeah that's cool let's do that and I think that we kind of get confused in thinking like well the church tells us how to do things without knowing the history that like the church has adopted its own culture from things that people were already doing outside yeah. of church. Mm-hmm.
2: That reminds me
0: So that like
1: sorry. <laughs> I just reminds no, go me ahead. of uh, the article of faith. Is it 13 where it's if there's anything lovely virtuous sort or of good report, like we
2: seek and like that article of faith has kind of like made sense of Of just like my changing views I guess and just like well if this
1: is good and I feel good about it then I should seek after it you know and like, like what you said well the yeah. church was like you know, like you didn't say they were copying other people but it's like oh this is virtuous, <laughs> good for it like we seek after this let's adopt it you know
0: <laughs> yeah So I'm like, if it works, why not? Like if it's especially if we think of the church as something that's supposed to be like a support to our faith Mm -hmm. and not like our faith itself. Right. Which is like, yeah, why wouldn't we want to like adopt more uh supportive type programs? But I think Mm -hmm. we've kind of gotten things twisted a little bit where we're like, well, we have to do only what we're told to do in church and not do anything outside of that because that's bad. Like I've even had the thought sometimes, like, I'm like, well, what if I like for a little bit, just to like ease me back into things and give me hope about things that kind of have, I don't know. And that's kind of where this like podcast sprung up was that like, I was like, I want to be having conversations with people who um, are having similar issues or like-minded on certain things. But then I was like, Oh, is that going to be like a weird, like, offshoot group of church that I shouldn't, right. I shouldn't do yeah. that but then I'm like you know, there's, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that yeah right now
1: just talking it's like oh my gosh like like afraid of what people might think right like about me and mm-hmm. it's just like oh man I'm like I really need to help we gotta we gotta rope her back in you know it's like I'm not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm allowed to have this little faith journey. I'm allowed to process
2: things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it it's kind of scary scary when you kind of just wanna pop that bubble that you've been in and just been too afraid to pop, I guess.
1: And I feel like it's when I found, you know. <laughs> Community of people who, who are struggling with the same things within the church that I am. It's like, okay, like I'm not alone. And, and well, the people that I found have helped me to stay, you know, mm-hmm. even though they have all these questions and, you know, not so comfy feelings about lots of things within the church, they ultimately choose their faith and. I think that they want to, for the same reason that I want to stay within the church. Because, like, if all of us left, then nothing—the culture wouldn't really change. Or, like, we need diverse voices. We need these experiences that other people can
0: learn from. Yeah. Well, it was good to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we got through a lot of like good stuff today so thanks for thanks for doing it a second time yeah
1: i think that uh, it was an improvement yesterday it was it was nice to chat yesterday um but we kind of really got under the surface um and i'm still terrified because <laughs> it's scary putting all your thoughts out there and having people worry about you or feel very disappointed in you right um and if there's anybody out there <laughs> that does feel these things towards me, um, don't, <laughs> you don't have to be worried. I'm okay. I have, I talk about this kind of stuff, like with my husband a lot and with other friends that, um, help me to stay grounded. And it's, I, I think that it will always be um, not like a continuous struggle to stay within the church. But like I said, there's going to be seasons where I'm going to feel strongly about things and happy and sure of myself. And like other seasons where I'm just, I might need to
2: take a break or something. And I'm just anticipating that within my life. And I, I feel really good about that. (laughs)
0: Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's super powerful and also like super important. And I think that's something that we could all learn from. So thank you for sharing you. Beverly. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, that is the episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were able to, uh, either learn some things or relate to some things. Um, and thank you again, Beverly, for for being willing and for being vulnerable. I know that it can be scary to talk about some of this stuff, but I think that the only way to get past it is to go through it. So
2: uh, until next time, <laughs> uh, well, you bye.